I want to talk to you today about the power of one, the power of one, the supernatural power of the church when we are united. You know, if you look around, you can see the world is broken. The world's been broken for a long time. In fact, if you look in the flesh, if you just look in the natural, everything seems hopeless. I mean, it seems like no one's going to make progress. There's always going to be problems. No matter how far we come in medicine, there's new sicknesses. No matter how far we come in society and in relations, uh, race relations, political affiliations, it seems like we don't come together more where people are just growing farther apart and the extremes are the loudest. And uh, it seems like the solutions that we have to things is the more we grow and the more we try to accomplish, the more we realize that we just can't fix ourselves. Broken people can't fix themselves. And if you don't know God, it would lead you to a, a mindset where you just kind of give up, kind of lose hope. And you can look at the world and see all of the hurts and the pains and the, 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 the things that are going in the wrong direction. And you can think to yourself that everything uh, is going to hell in a handbasket. What is the world coming to? That seems to be sort of the mantra of the day. What is the world coming to? It seems like people like to call the sky green and the grass blue and people are declaring things that make no sense and trying to enforce things that make no sense and they they go against the laws of god and 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 things that we have known to be uh the way we live for so long and yet the world is going deeper and deeper down into this rabbit hole and you may be thinking the world is going to hell in a handbasket Listen, the God of the universe, the God that created all of this, the God that created you and I, the God that created everything, our loving heavenly Father, our good, all-powerful, all-knowing heavenly Father hasn't left us to ourselves. He hasn't left us to fix ourselves. No, He has an answer to the brokenness of the world. God's answer to the brokenness of the world is Jesus. God's answer to the hurt, the pain, the sin, the spiraling out of control, God's answer to it all is the perfect life, the sacrificial death, the victorious resurrection, and the glorious return of His Son, King Jesus. Jesus is the answer to the hurt and the pain in the world today. Jesus is the answer to the situation that we're going through. Jesus is the answer for a broken world that's been broken for a long, long time. Jesus is God's solution. God gives no other solution. God gives no political solution. God gives no social solution. God gives no other solutions other than the life of Jesus Christ. I can do nothing greater today than proclaim to you the life of Jesus Christ, for it is the solution to the brokenness of mankind. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is God's answer to the brokenness of the world. I want to read you a scripture, and what I'm going to read to you is Jesus as he's praying to the Father. This is part of his prayer. In John 17, 13, he says, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. He's talking about us when he says, They. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. 
I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, and I in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, and even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these they have known you that sent me, that you have sent me. And I have made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Thank you, Jesus. You know, this is, uh, this is right at a time before Jesus is about to be betrayed. In fact, if you go to the next chapter, you'll see Ju Judas betrays Jesus. Jesus is arrested, and, and so the story continues. He's arrested, he's beaten, he's accused falsely, he's crucified, takes on the sins of the world, he's buried. Three days later, he has defeated sin and death, and he's resurrected victorious, and he spends a little time here on earth before he ascends to the right hand of the Father. Here in, in this prayer, Jesus is preparing his people, his church, for his departure. He said, I'm going to go away I'll come back again, but there'll be a time that I will be in heaven and I will send you the Holy Spirit. He's preparing his people, the church, for that time that Jesus would be physically in heaven, but the Holy Spirit would dwell within us. It is during this time, during the time that we live in now, that he has entrusted the church to carry his message. He's entrusted us to proclaim the answer that God has given to a broken world, Jesus Christ. He's entrusted the church with the job of standing out, of having a voice different from everyone else's, a voice in which people can look at and see that we are peculiar in the world, a voice that we can, the world can look at and see Jesus in. It is our job, it is upon us, to share the message of Jesus Christ, which is God's answer to this broken world. And he's preparing his people and he's praying for the church. Jesus, in this John chapter 17, Jesus is praying for you. He's praying for us. He's praying to the Father. And what is his prayer? You know, I was thinking about that this week. If, if I was in Jesus' shoes and I was going to be leaving, leaving the church of imperfect people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, knowing that imperfect people don't do perfect things, knowing that the, the church makes mistakes, knowing that there are many times that he himself had to say, oh, how long must I suffer you, you people of little faith? 
Knowing all of this, how would I pray? What would I pray for? I'd probably pray for, for power. God, give them supernatural power that they could do things beyond the average person. I pray that they would have supernatural abilities. They would sing better than the people of the world. They would have greater knowledge and wisdom. They'd have greater athletic abilities. That they would be able to stand out because of their abilities. Talent beyond what's normal. Maybe I would pray that they would have supernatural wisdom. That the smartest people in the universities would be Christians, God's people. That the most incredible people out there thinking would be people. I might pray that God would give us the greatest influence, the, the most uh, a known voice in the world, that God would give us the ability to speak in such a way that the world would be quiet and listen to us. I pray a lot of things. Jesus didn't pray those things. In fact, if you look in the world, you can see there's talent in the world. There are people who don't even believe in God that can sing incredibly, do amazing athletic things, have amazing abilities. There are people who don't even believe in God who are incredibly intelligent, incredibly smart. There are people who don't even believe in God who have huge platforms and, and carry huge influence in the world. You see, Jesus wasn't praying that those things would make us stand out. He didn't even pray that we would stand out because we were good. In fact, the idea that the church stands out because we sin less than others has only gotten us the label of hypocrites. You see, the world knows that either if you proclaim to be perfect, either you're lying and you're a hypocrite or you're so far above them, there's no way they could ever serve Jesus like you do. The truth is Jesus didn't want us to stand out because we were more good than everyone else, that we acted better and conducted our lives better than everyone else. That's not really what makes us stand out. What makes us stand out is what Jesus prayed for. Are you catching what I'm about to say to you today? Is the Spirit speaking to you now? Jesus said, the reason they'll know that you loved me, Father, the reason that the world will know that you sent me is because my people will be one. That the supernatural power that truly exists in the church is in our power and our ability to be united together in Christ. And I want to declare to you today that now more than ever, the church needs, the world needs a church that's united, a church that shows something different than that the world, what the world is seeing, a church that shows how to be one, the power of one. I want to unpack some of Jesus' prayer today and help you see some of the ways in which we can conduct our lives, point ourselves towards a united front so that we can stand out from the crowd and impact the world for Jesus Christ, so that the world will look at us as different, as peculiar, so that the world will see us as different from them, so that Jesus can be glorified, so that it is He who is lifted up and might draw all men unto himself. Yes, Jesus prayed, Father, that they would be as one, even as I and the Father are one, that they may be one with us. The church has power when we 
are united. Praise God. And I want you to know this. As time goes along and we get closer to the end of time, what you're going to see is that the church is going to become more united. Yes, there may be some people today who claim to be Christians, who are claiming to serve God, who are maybe only in it for religion and don't really have a, a relationship with God. And those people are going to fall off. They're going to fall away of the world while those who are truly the children of God will begin to come together. We will be united more and more as it gets closer to the return of King Jesus. It won't be because we're good or smart or we've made the right decision. It'll be because the Holy Spirit is empowering us to come together under the banner of Christ Jesus. This will be, I believe, the greatest witness to the world that the church stands out as one. Praise His wonderful name. So the first thing I want you to get out of this that Jesus said is that you and I are not of the world. He said, Father, these, these are mine. These are not of the world. What did he mean by that? He didn't mean we were born on Mars or something. What he meant was that our spiritual heritage comes from the Father, from heaven. And that as we are born again in the Spirit, we are birthed spiritually. He meant that we don't have the same goals that the world has. We don't pursue the same things the world pursues. We are different from the world. We don't struggle or fight with the same weapons that the world fights with. We don't conduct ourselves the same way the world does. In fact, God wants you to be a peculiar people. Right now, the world is saying we can save ourselves if we just all come together. Those of you who were raised up in the 70s and 80s, you might remember that Coke commercial where, where it, the desire was that all of us could come together. And all of us, if we came together in love and, and everything, that we would solve all the world's problems. But the truth is that even if we did all come together in the world, we can't solve our own problems. We can't fix ourselves. God's answer is not for the world to be united with the church. God's answer is for the church to be united with Jesus. God wants us not to be uh, uh, in line with the world's way of thinking, but be in stark contrast with the way the world thinks. Jesus prayed that we would be uh, not taken out of the world, but that we would be protected or kept from the evil one. Now, what does this mean? A lot of people might read that and think that Jesus is praying that we'll have no troubles and no trials and no problems. And yet we know from life and from scripture that this is not the case, that Christians experience troubles and problems too. The, the only difference is, is that God always uses them uh, to better our lives and improve our lives when we go through trials and tribulations. And so it's not, Jesus isn't praying that you don't have problems in this life. In fact, he said, you will have problems in this life. You will have troubles in this life. You will have sorrows in this life, but that he had overcome the world. So, so what is he praying? Be kept from the evil one. He's praying that we would not be sucked in to the systems and the lies of the world. You see, the enemy has set up delusions and systems that are based upon false things and lies. The opposite of truth is a lie and the devil has set up worldly systems and people have fallen right into it. People believe the lie of the enemy and God is, uh, Jesus is praying that you and I would not be sucked in to the world's ways. And can I tell you, when I go on social media and I read Christians' Facebook pages, what I see is people who are being sucked into the world's ways. It's the world's goals. It's the world's way of fighting. And God wants us to stand apart and be different and be separated. 
Yes, you can vote. Yes, you can stand for things. Yes, you can make improvements in your life. But I want you to know this. It is not a worldly solution that we have, church. It is a spiritual, godly kingdom solution. Let the kingdom leak out of our lives into the world. He's given us the keys to the kingdom. What things we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Come on. What things we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Are you capturing what I'm saying here today? God does not want us to win by politics. Vote. Yes, vote. That's great. But God wants us to win by kingdom measures, have kingdom goals with kingdom tools and kingdom weapons. God wants us to fight differently, to stand out and don't get sucked in to the world's way of doing things. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end there is death. Don't get sucked into the ways of the world. We must stand out and be different. Yes, one of the things that makes us stand out in the world is that we're different, we're peculiar, we're odd. While the world is saying we can save ourselves, the church should be saying Jesus saves. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Excuse me while I just praise God. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. God's answer to the brokenness you're feeling today is Jesus. God's answer to the systems of the world that are broken is Jesus. God's answer is Jesus. While the world is out there declaring, we don't need religion, we don't need God, we can fix it ourselves, God's answer is Jesus. The church should be declaring and proclaiming. While the world is saying such things as take what you want, the church should be saying, when someone takes your cloak, give them your shirt also. While the world is declaring an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, we're going to get even with you. The church should be declaring vengeance belongs to God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Pray for your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Hallelujah. The church should stand out. Treat your neighbor the way you would want to be treated, not necessarily how they treat you. The church should stand out and be different. We have a different mindset, a different guide. We have a different foundation and different values because we are bound by truth. This is number two I want you to get from Jesus' prayer. He wants us to be perfected in truth. He said, sanctify them, Father, in the truth. Your word is truth. You know what unifies us and causes us to stand out from the world? Is that we are connected by the truth of God's word. Jesus talked about truth. He said, I came to testify of the truth. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? What a, what a question. What is truth? And the world today is still confused about what truth is. And I think maybe some of you might be confused about what truth is. And so let's talk about what truth is. Let's talk about how that we as God's children can be perfected in truth. What is truth? There's a saying going on right now. If I could speak my truth, let me speak my truth. Can I tell you something? That sentence makes no sense. 
because truth only comes from God. The truth, the whole complete comprehensive, nothing is left out truth, only God holds. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. Only Jesus has the perspective to hold all comprehensive truth. And yet in the world today, we've got this mindset that our perspective is truth. Our feelings are truth. The way I view things is truth. Let let me explain with an example. Let's say there's a car accident and, and the police come and they find three witnesses. Those three witnesses will give an account of the same event with different details. Some of them might even see it completely different from the other witnesses. Each person is describing the event based upon their limited perspective. They only saw part of what happened. Let's say two of them actually physically saw the accident. One of them, although he thinks he saw it, what what really happened was that he heard the crash and he just turned and saw the aftermath and assumed he knew what had happened. And we do that a lot in life. We see the aftermath and we assume that we know what has happened in a situation. We assume we know. And yet each one of their perspectives is an incomplete truth. Even the drivers in the accident don't know the truth of what has happened. You in your own life, you don't even know the truth about yourself. There are times that you've surprised yourself with things you've done and changes that have happened in your life or words that have come out of your mouth. You can't even tell me what you're going to do completely tomorrow because you don't hold all truth. Are you catching this? All of the witnesses in this accident can only give their perspective. Even when they're being as honest as possible, all they can tell is the story from their viewpoint. And their viewpoint is often filtered through their personal experiences. Let's say one of, those, uh, one of those people who witnessed the accident is a pedestrian and he's constantly having near misses with cars and he has a bit of a, 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 bit of a problem with drivers and he views the accident completely different and he casts blame and he's really sending judgment out there to those drivers who caused that accident. He has a viewpoint and a perspective that skews what he sees because of his personal experiences. Am I speaking to somebody today? Am I talking to you today? Now listen, let me stop right here because a lot of the things I'm saying, uh, people are going to take this and they're going to say, yeah, that's right. You people over there need to listen to this so you can hear what I have to say and believe me. But I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to you. I'm speaking to you. And the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about the things that I thought were certain and sure but were only my perspective, my paradigm, the way I viewed them, and they were filtered through my personal experiences and the things that I'd been taught by certain individuals, and that I don't hold all truth. In fact, the only person who knows everything about this car accident is God. You see, God's the one who knows that one of those cars has brake problems. God is the only one who knows that one of those drivers has an infection, a mild infection, and has made him a a little bit uh, slow in his reactions. God's the only one that knows that the sun was at 60 degrees and it was reflecting off a stop sign. God is the only one that knows that one of those drivers had an argument with their wife and didn't sleep well the night before and was a little grub. 
Kagi. God is the only one that knows every detail of every aspect of everything. Jesus said, if you want to be perfected, you have to be perfected in truth. And the truth is this, God's word. Church, can I tell you something? We need to get back to vigorously connecting ourselves and holding on to the word of God. For there is no other complete truth. Everything else is simply shades, simply viewpoints. Now I want to tell you this, all of us have a viewpoint and it's not bad to express ourselves. As long as when we express ourselves, we recognize that if it isn't the word of God, if we're not lined up with the word of God, we're telling our opinion, we're telling our viewpoint. And there can be truth to your viewpoint. In fact, your viewpoint might be completely 100% true, but it is not all truth. Only God sees and knows all truth. Here's the thing though, church. If we express ourselves in such a way that we do as scripture says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Once again, don't point that at someone else. I'm talking to you. If you, if I would be quick to listen so that we would try to understand another person's viewpoint and perspective. If we listen to our brothers and sisters in Christ and we try to hear what they have to say and we're slow to give our defense and our opinion, what's going to happen is that by listening to one another, we can get a better picture of what's really going on. If all of us simply proclaim that what I believe is the truth and all of what you believe is not truth, and we've only got one perspective, but if we would entertain, if we would be quick to listen and try to understand our brothers and sisters in Christ, what we would find is a church that is united. We don't have to all come to the same conclusions. We don't have to agree on everything. But if we listen to one another, we'll get a better picture of things that are happening down here on planet Earth. And if underneath all of that, we stay Stand on the foundation of God's word. If our mantra is let every man be a liar and let God's word be true, then we can be perfected in truth. What does it mean to be perfected? It means that God has set us apart. He's made us holy, not by our actions, not by our viewpoint, not by our, by our opinions, not by our, our political associations, not by our good works. He's perfected us by the word of God. The word of God within the church is turning us into the image of Jesus and it is uniting us. Yes, God can perfect us in truth. God's word is the only truth. I want to encourage you as you go out this week and you begin to express yourself and you begin to, to, to share your opinion, do it. That's great. But share it with the knowledge that only God's word has whole, complete, comprehensive, hadn't missed a thing, doesn't need to learn anything else, has it all. God's word is the only one that has complete, whole truth. And that at the end of the day, our opinions will change. We will learn and we will grow. And if we listen to one another, we can grow more like Jesus. But we should always know that it is God's word that is truth. That is what we hold on to. 
And as the Word of God works in our lives, He will perfect us into the image of Jesus. We will be more and more separated from the world. Yes, as we declare God's Word, while the world declares their opinion of truth, while they say, let me speak my truth, we say, let me speak God's Word. While the world says, let me say the way it is, the way I believe it today, and then they'll change their opinion tomorrow, let us stand on God's Word. Hallelujah. Some of you today, young people, are decrying uh, the morals and values of your grandparents. Can I make you a promise that if you live according to the world's ways, then your grandkids are going to decry and speak out against your morals and values? You know why? Because it's a never-ending cycle of, I don't really know truth, and I'm searching for it. As long as we just pick our opinions of the current day, and we decide that our feelings is how it really is, and my truth is based on my feelings... And we say that we're evolving in all of this. You know what? We're standing on sinking sand. But if, as my grandparents held, the word of God is truth, and my parents held, the word of God is truth, and I hold that the word of God is truth, and my kids hold that the word of God is truth, we can change in our opinions in many different ways. But underneath it all, we stand on the firm foundation that His word is truth. His word is truth. Yes, number one, God wants us to be separated from the world, to look different from the world, to conduct ourselves differently from the world because we are not of the world. He is perfecting us in His truth, the only truth. And that's what binds us together. Yes, and third, I want to share with you today that God wants us to be united. God wants us to be one. Some of you are thinking today that unity means we all have to agree. We all have to be united. In fact, I've seen uh, on the videos, social media out there in the world, a lot of Christians proclaiming, if you're not with me on this, then unfriend me. Get rid of me. I don't want you a part of my life. I don't need you. Some people in videos have proudly proclaimed that I have cut off my parents. I've, I've cut off my family members because they believe politically differently than I do. They believe differently about the latest issues that are at hand. Can I tell you, church, that is not biblical. That is not God. It is Satan who is trying to divide us. It is God who is trying to unite us. And I know it's hard. I know some of you have such a deep-seated passion for what you believe. But if you would open your heart and listen to someone else's opinion, truly listen with love, what you would find is that you can love somebody and agree with them that you don't agree on certain things. God wants us to be united together. Even though we don't always agree on politics and on social issues, we, don't, we may not always agree on specific interpretations of Scripture or how church is supposed to be done or what kind of Christian music you like or, or whether you can drink alcohol or not or, or whether a cuss word will send you to hell. We can be separated on certain things, but we will, should be united together under the things that matter most. Yes, child of God, there are some things that unite us together. And I want you to know that if you believe differently politically than I do, you are united to, with me if you are a genuine child of God. We are united together. I will listen to you. I will stand with you. We will stand together under the banner of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our King. Yes, hallelujah. So how can we be united if we disagree? How can we be united? Well, we can be united in faith. 
Yes, we can proclaim to the world that we may not agree on certain things, but we agree that Jesus is the Savior of the world. That God is the God of heaven, that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for the penalty of our sins, and that He was resurrected gloriously, that we might be resurrected in a new and eternal life. We can be connected by faith, united in our faith. We can be united in spirit. The Bible says that when you're born again, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you, that, that Jesus wants to give you the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of your life. Yes, we are united in spirit. And I, I want you to really let this sink in. The same spirit that dwelled in the body of Jesus and raised him from the dead dwells in you and me. Ooh, that is good stuff right there. We are united because the same Holy Spirit lives in all of us. You may live in China as a child of God. You may live in Russia as a child of God. You may be 80 years old or you may be 8 years old. As children of God, it is the same Holy Spirit that lives in us, that lives in Jesus, the same Holy Spirit. We are united in spirit. And let me tell you something. When the Spirit wants to move through the world, the church will move with Him because the Spirit dwells within us. Hallelujah. We're united in faith. We're united in spirit. And we are united in purpose. That's right. It doesn't matter what your, what your job is that you make money with. It doesn't matter your perspective or opinion on politics. It doesn't matter those things. Our job is to proclaim the kingdom of God. Our purpose in life is for Him. We live for Him. We live with the purpose to declare Jesus Christ to a broken world. We live with the purpose to declare God's love that He sent to us through the person of Jesus Christ. We live to proclaim to the world that this same Jesus that the world saw going away is coming again in the same manner and he's bringing love and righteousness and justice and all the things that we long for we have one purpose we operate in different theaters of operation some people are on the mission field out in, in, in countries that that need it some are operating in america in the church that needs it worse than those countries some are functioning and, and fighting different injustices in the world. We're fighting on different theaters of operations, but we have one purpose, and that is to leak the kingdom out into the world and to usher in the presence of King Jesus into the world today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when I look at my brother and sister fighting a battle I'm not fighting, I don't think, why aren't they fighting my battle? What I think is, praise God, God's got people everywhere. God's got people doing things everywhere. Some of them I don't even understand, but I know this, you are my brother in Christ. You are my sister in Christ, and we're fighting with the same purpose. We're fighting for King Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're united in faith and spirit. We're united in purpose, and we're united in glory. Jesus prayed, glorify my church. Glorify them, Lord. What does that mean? That means that God's not done with you yet. Hallelujah. That means that although your spirit was perfected when you got born again, you and I both know our flesh. Our mind, our emotions, our body is broken still. 
There are times that we are in line. The spirit is going this way and our mind and our words and our flesh is right in line. But can we be honest? A lot of times our flesh and our spirit and our minds are going the opposite way that the spirit wants to go. But God's not done with you yet, child of God. God is going to glorify you. That's right. God is going to perfect your mind. God is going to perfect your emotions. God is going to perfect your body. There is coming a time when the church is going to be perfected in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The world is going to look at us and they're going to see that, yes, they were once broken completely, but God has made them whole. They were once partially there. They once possessed the Holy Spirit inside of them. Yet they still made mistakes. They still sinned. They still fell short of the glory of God from time to time. We can look at the church today and know that's the truth about us. That's the truth about us. Listen, let me just take a sidebar. For those Christians out there who are trying to tell your friends and relatives that you're perfect and that's why they ought to come to Jesus, you need to stop. You need to quit. The world knows you're not perfect right now, but one day God is going to perfect you. He's going to glorify your life and you are going to stand out as one of his own. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah to the King. We will be united in perfection. Yes, there's coming a day that we will all think alike. We will all feel alike. We will all possess comprehensive truth through Christ Jesus. And there won't be any part of us that sees part of the truth. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. I hope this is helping you today. We are a united church in faith, in spirit, in purpose, in glory. And we are united in love. If there's anything we have to have is love. The Bible says God is love. The Bible says you can't hate your brother. You can't hate your fellow man and say you love God. The love of God is not in you if you hate. You know, there's a lot of pressure out there today to speak out against racism in the world. And I want to speak out against it. And I'm saddened because I didn't think that we needed to, but my eyes have been opened. And I want to tell you today that we need to speak out against racism, against looking at anybody, whether it's the color of their skin or how tall or short or their their finances or what kind of job they do or their their past history god does not want us treating people better because of these outward circumstances god wants us to love everybody god wants us to be a people of love and i'm here to tell you today that the gospel answers the question of racism because the transforming power of jesus demands this of us that we love everybody and love makes a place at the table for all love lifts up, lifts up those who've been put down love lifts up those who've been hurt love sacrifices takes of itself and and gives itself away to help someone who needs it love the world will know us because we have love a church without love is a dead church. 
A Christian without love is a dead Christian. There's no message. There's no power in your gospel. There's no message in your life. There's no message in us if we don't have love. Jesus said they're going to know that you're my people because you love one another. Hallelujah. Not because you bicker with one another. Not because you won the argument. Can I tell you something? Love doesn't need to win the argument. Love doesn't need to prove that it's right. Love keeps no records of wrongs. Hallelujah. Love says, I care about you more than I do myself, and I want to lift you up. I want to listen to what you have to say. I want to have compassion for you, even as we reach out, not just to one another, but as we reach out to the world, we reach out in love. Love is our power. Love is our hope. Love is what makes us stand out. Love is the peculiar thing. When the world looks at us and we forgive someone who's killed a loved one, and the world says, that's stupid, that's crazy, I would never do that. They think that we're nuts. Love forgives. Love lifts up those who hurt you. Love prays for those who persecute you. Love turns the other cheek. Love doesn't take vengeance. Love lifts up. Love is what unites us today. Can I tell you something, brother and sister in Christ? You may be a, a black person, a white person, a Spanish. You may be a Chinese or Japanese. I love you. God loves you. We should love one another. You may be a Democrat or Republican, independent, fall somewhere in between there. I love you. We should love one another. You may have an opinion about the police or politics. You may have an opinion about how society is going, and we may not agree on everything, but I love you. I'm listening to you. My heart is open to you. We should love one another. We're not going to win the world. We're not going to stand apart by fighting the world's ways. We're not going to stand apart by arguing with each other and trying to win the argument. We're not going to stand apart as a divided church. We're going to stand apart as a united church. We're going to stand apart as a church that stands together in faith, stands together in spirit, stands together in purpose, stands together in glory, and stands together in love. Hallelujah. I believe this message is prophetic for us, church, that it's time that we be united, that we be different from the world, that we be not afraid to stand out and be peculiar. Not afraid to have the finger pointed at us. Not afraid for people to challenge us. Jesus said they hated me. They're going to hate you too. Can I tell you something? The world doesn't like the ways of Jesus. Why? Because men love darkness more than light. And you and I carry light. And when we come into the world, we expose their need of Christ and they don't like it. So they don't want to hear your gospel. They don't want to hear your love. They don't want to talk about this. But you know what? As we proclaim, as we stand united, we declare there's another kingdom other than the kingdoms of this world. And while the kingdoms of this world down here are dividing nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, tribe against tribe, people against people, above the fray of it all, there is a kingdom made up of you and I, citizens of the kingdom who are held together united in our King Christ Jesus. Let the world see the church united, the power of one in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, I want to pray for your people today. I want to pray for your church today that we be as one. I want to pray, God, that we function in the Spirit, not in our 
fleshly desires. We don't walk according to the flesh, but we walk in the Spirit, for we live. We are in the Spirit. And I pray, God, that we would function in faith and in love, that we would keep our hearts and our minds open, that we would love our brothers and sisters, even if we don't agree with them, we would love them and have compassion for them, that it would be our desire to understand each other and help each other and learn from one another, God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would vigorously stay attached to the truth of God's Word, that as opinions on values and morals and society and politics change, that underneath it all, God, we are holding on to the truth of God's Word. That we are perfected in your truth. I pray, God, that we would stand out as a people who proclaim and show that we are a visible example of the kingdom and that through our lives the kingdom comes. That when we speak, we speak with power. People can see the kingdom. People can see the truth. There's something different. That we don't mingle into the world. That while the enemy is trying to suck us in to the world's way of doing things, trying to get us to claim ourselves according to certain aspects here on planet Earth and to align ourselves with a certain tribe and fight against the other, to align ourselves with a political party, fight against the other God, that we wouldn't be sucked in by the ways of the world. We wouldn't be sucked in by the lies of the enemy. That we would stand together in truth, that even if we disagree on certain things, we hold the truths of God's Word and we are united in them in love. Father, I pray that you make your church one. That we would be one with you, Jesus, our Savior, our King, as you are one with the Father. May your heart beat in us. May your love beat in us. May your purpose beat in us. May your truth live within us and through us, God. For it is by being one, by being united under King Jesus, that we proclaim to the world that there is a God and his answer to the brokenness is Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus.